Okay, we're live. Ready? Yes. Uh, you want an intro? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to count down. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And it yeah. is still the Christmas season, so we you can, can say finally that. say that and Clint will let us. So I will allow it. I've been I've been super grinchy about that this year. Liturgical correctness. Speaking of Christmas. Yeah. You had a good Christmas? I did have a good Christmas. And you stayed in Texas this year. You didn't go to Georgia. Stayed in Texas because it's Christmas, but also like 15 days after Christmas is my wedding. Uh, now it is, I think, 12 days. Yes. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And by the time this comes out, it'll be 2020. It's true. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. I am really hoping that for the New Year's Eve party that we're going to it's a it's a t- roaring 20s i think there's a roaring 20s party down in league city too maybe i don't know but yeah it's the new 20s so you gotta dress like the old 20s <laughs> really i just want an excuse to wear my suspenders and bow tie i didn't even get that that's funny yeah, are, you, yeah. so you're, are you going uh i'm hoping that there's one up here i know i'm going to a party but I, they hadn't decided if they're doing themed oh party. that's right I'm still in Iowa. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, and actually, it's supposed to snow today for the first time since I got here. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. We just had a cold front. What was it, down to like 60? I don't know. You need to put your jacket on. <laughs> well, okay, we're literally talking about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's Christmas, and we're in very different climates right now. Yes. Yeah. So it's been pretty cool being back, though, because I haven't been back to Iowa since last Christmas. I think I mentioned that on here, but uh, it's like it's cool to see my family. I've gotten to see my entire immediate family, everyone on my dad's side and like a bunch of my friends from high school and college, which is pretty cool. Um, I've even run into some people who I haven't seen since like high school graduation, which is pretty wild because I don't really go, go to the the reunion parties or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's been pretty wild. But yeah, speaking of, of Christmas and things that we have received and possibly taken in. Oh, yes. What, what kind of media have you taken in? I just caught you off guard. No, you didn't. That was a what? perfect transition. That was great. That was great. You nailed it. I have seen not a lot. Uh, I've been watching... A lot of comedians with Lizzie, like mostly lighthearted stuff. Uh, she loves like competition shows or like cooking mm. shows. Yeah. Um, so we checked out a few and didn't really find one that we liked, but she ended up finding this makeup competition show where like they're makeup artists for like fashion runways or whatever. And so we ended up watching like binging all of that in like three days not, or two days. Not the mask off. Not mask off. So that's like visual effects makeup this is more like for yeah. models and you know blush lipstick all that stuff interesting um they did do one episode on prosthetics but it's called glow up okay glow up so, like blow up that's cool glow up like blow up since the matlers are out of town and it's christmas i've been kind of staying up a little later and using the big tv instead of my computer in my room Ooh. i know and so when Lizzie would have to leave, I finally watched season two of Mindhunter, like through and through and just binged it for like four days. All right. So you don't have to give me the details because we're probably going to talk about it in the future. But thumbs up, thumbs down. What are we feeling? 
Thumbs up. Thumbs up. It was just as good, just as disturbing. Everything through and through. Really good. I, I think it's more disturbing than season one. Because you have like their p- personal lives thrown in with it, too. I agree. Yeah. Oh, man. Tench. Yeah. It was rough. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I immediately told Lizzie, I was like, you could not watch this season because she doesn't like things with kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then I watched last night, tried to watch again and finish The Irishman, made it almost through its entirety. So I'll probably finish it today or tomorrow for real. And then uh, I saw Star Wars on Saturday. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can we can we talk about Star Wars? Is that? Yeah, we can. I mean, I have right, a lot guys, to say. Insert spoilers right now, and you're gonna want to skip forward <laughs> if you don't want to hear any spoilers. I'll put a chapter in post spoiler. <laughs> What did you think? I think after much deliberation with Lizzie, because we kept, like, we talked about it after the movie, and then we were watching that glow-up competition show, and then I was like, you know what else I liked about the movie? And she, like, paused it, and then we just started talking about it again for, like, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, so you've seen it. Is that? I have, yeah. Okay. At first, yeah. Okay. I don't know. There's a lot to say. So first like first 10 seconds of of being in the movie you know i have to say that the scrolling part like the, the scrolling part where you read or catches you up for mm-hmm. the next yeah. one by far the cheesiest scrolling part yeah of, a lot of, of people any said that. of any star wars film i was like okay but lizzie said it best that kind of set you up for what to expect so okay very clearly now disney owns star wars very (laughs) clearly is this now like a kid's thing because that felt like i was reading a children's book but it was yeah it was good i mean it had lots of twists and turns it was it was fun i told her the one thing i wanted to like actually read up on and you might know this a little better now that you've seen like all the other shows and stuff but like i know in the lore of star wars certain things that you can do with the force like some things are way harder than others mm-hmm. and some things are more rare than others and i felt like in this movie i saw almost everything you could do with the force being done and uh, i don't know how lot, possible yeah. that was so like force jumps only yoda was the one that's been able to really force jump in the movie no, so far everyone could force jump because like you could even see like Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn were doing it in Episode One, and in all the games and everything, everyone can force jump. It's <clears throat> well, I had all, this, the, all the cartoons too. I had this toilet book. Well, I called it a toilet book. It was just about I, I read it when I was in the toilet, but it's just a regular Star Wars book, and it broke down the Force and Jedi's, mm-hmm. and it broke down like who could do what and who couldn't. And at the, I guess at the time it said only Yoda was able to force jump. And that was actually something really hard to master. But, okay, I could be wrong. It's whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look in the cartoons, though, because in the cartoons... Well, I was excluding the cartoons. Well, they're canon. I know. Well, every, a lot of things are canon. So, so are some books. But I'm talking about in this Skywalker saga, as you will. Right. That is part of the Skywalker canon. Whatever. It's true. But whatever. <laughs> it, it could be something that's like hard to master but i'm sure like all the jedi masters themselves hence the term master uh can do it but anyways so there's certain things that only certain jedi can do and yeah you felt like yeah, everything was, was happening it was just like so much i mean there's a few th- like few the only like qualms i had about it was this is the biggest i mean that's not the biggest spoiler uh is you know palpatine being back it just felt kind of out of the blue like, okay, Palpatine's back, and that's what this whole thing is based around. And I know they explained it away, or like, he's been hidden on this planet we've never heard of ever before that we just created to explain it away. 
but it just it's still i had like a lot of questions like okay well how what 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 was that story of of his end in episode six to now of him of him getting there and creating this whole thing and like then then snoke and blah 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 this just felt like really forced upon us to just accept yeah they don't really explain like okay how did you survive um but that was also i don't know that's what he said about his master he's like he could save other people but he couldn't save himself and so he doesn't explain how he did it but he did yeah i would just be curious how not how he did it because i imagine he wasn't really dead that makes sense but how did he get there (laughs) right who who carried him over there or whatever uh just like a few questions like that especially when the ship explodes yeah so someone had to come in practical stuff um Um, did you notice the little baby snokes in oh yeah yeah a lot of people didn't notice that really like i thought that was pretty obvious it's literally center screen yeah no i mean (laughs) Once, once he explained, and they're like, he was the one pulling the strings. It like all made sense. Uh, so that was one thing. The other thing was, Lizzie said this wasn't a thing, but for me it was the the goodbye sequences between certain people. So when, like everyone from the originals came back, it kind of just seemed like those montages were like one after another. And I was like, whoa, okay, we get it. I mean, they were all crucial. I did, I wanted each one. I think they could have just spaced them out a little bit, but because mm-hmm. of the because of the story of the movie they couldn't and it just felt like i just saw you know leia okay i just saw this person okay i just saw this person yeah. this is kind of kind of a weird comparison but it's almost like the gospel of mark where it's like only the action parts of the story and it leaves <laughs> out everything in between because there was like no strictly dialogue scenes maybe like one or two like short ones but it was like action 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 also, Lizzie has always felt this way, but I never really noticed it until this movie. Finn is a child, and he annoys me so much. <laughs> I he is the biggest baby who needs to stop screaming for people's names at the worst times. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know what he was uh, trying to tell her? It wasn't. No. I, it wasn't. I love you. No, did, how do you know what it was? Because the director, J.J. Abrams, came out and said it was literally just that he was Force-sensitive. We all knew that already. That he was what? Force-sensitive. For, what does that mean? For, Force-sensitive. It's like someone oh. who could be a Jedi or a Sith, but they, they yeah. have like... Yeah. But okay. we, we already knew that from Episode 7. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Overall, I think there's definitely some stuff that's like, did you really just do that? But yeah, it's not it was like, a little cheesy, but there's no, nothing I that was it, annoying. No, and it was fun, and I think it was really like neatly tied. Yeah, it was wrapped yeah. up kind of well. Um, I didn't really get who was who was everyone that was in Snoke's chamber. I didn't. What who was that? In Snoke's chamber? Yeah, the people, the cloaked people. Who were they? Oh, those were the cultists. Those were a bunch of Sith cultists. Okay, where did they come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> also, where did if if we're gonna ask that question, then where did they get all the people to man all of the uh, spaceships? They were monkeys. Planets. They were monkeys. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Problem Just solved. Ape, ape aliens, because you can't trust people. Try did that before. Two Death Stars <laughs> down. Moving on to monkey aliens. <laughs> Okay, and I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to talk more stuff about this. I, I popped in with uh, Mr. Digman, the guy that we did mm. the interviews with for Star Wars way back at the yeah. beginning of the show. Yeah. So uh, talked to him a little bit uh, back at my alma mater. Uh, we kind of bounced stuff off each other a bit. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have anything from Rebels except for one of the voices that she hears. Okay. The, the ghost voices. Okay. One of them really hard. I was trying to like listen for like everyone. I was like, was there was 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 McGregor in there? Did I hear McGregor? I don't know if I did. He was. Was he? Okay. Yes. He, he, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember the order, but yes, he was. Okay. So was Liam Neeson. Was did I hear Samuel Jackson? You did. Yes, I knew it. Uh, for those of you who are uh, big Star Wars geeks, we also had Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoda. There was a couple others. It was. It had to be everybody. All the Jedi's. 
Yeah. Cool. Okay. And yeah. spoilers now. <clears throat> All right. Anything else that you took in other than... Uh, no, that was that? it. That was everything. That's a well, lot. I, I've been... I got this new book as a white elephant. It's called an Ignatian Book of Days. It's not really like a reading book. It's more... Of, I got it right here. Um, it's like... It has each day, like, like the date, and you just go in, and it's got like a quote from St. Ignatian, Ignatius, and then it tells you kind of like oh, how to, wh- what to take away from that quote and what to sit with. So it's kind of like an me- like Ignatian meditation, but like actually on the words of St. Ignatius rather than the Ignatian, the actual prayer type of meditation. Mm. So off of his quotes rather than scripture. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's, 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 it is interesting. And it's so like easy and short that I've been praying with that too. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so obviously I watched Star Wars Episode 9 too. 92. Episode 92. And then last week when we had Ruby on, I think I mentioned that I was reading a book called The Ides about like Roman spies. Yeah. So I just finished that one. And then speaking of Miss Ruby, I've been on her stream every once in a while as well, which you guys should check out if you haven't already. Twitch, Miss Ruby. And then for Christmas... Uh, my brothers all came together and we normally don't really do gifts. It's kind of weird. Like we don't really buy gifts for each other. My parents kind of just do gifts and my brothers without telling me, or they surprised me with all coming together and buying me a Nintendo switch Ooh. and, and, uh, the new Pokemon sword game. And then I got, Pokemon oh, you got shield. I got Pokemon oh, you got shield, shield all right. from my dad. Nice. I was like, I didn't know any of this was coming. Uh, and I've been playing that like crazy and it's actually really, really good. Yeah. I forgot to tell you about it. Cause I played like, a like five seconds at Jonathan's and yeah. I forgot to tell you, they added in a lot of Pokemon go features like raids yeah. and stuff. Yes. And it's really cool. And they simplified a lot of things where you can yeah. access your box and all these things from wherever you want. Yeah, it that's basically makes it so you should never faint. That's like, been like, yeah, the last few have kind of simplified a lot of things. Yeah, but uh, it, it's it's great. I love the new Pokemon. Like they're actually creative and not just weird, stupid, random stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I love that it's based in like an England type thing, and there's a lot of soccer references. That's really <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I think it's probably one of the best ones yet, to be honest. So. It's been fun. I'm excited. I haven't I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, and then I played Mario Kart with them for a little bit too. And the thing that I took in last night, I was on the the flicks, the Netflix, and uh, noticed a show or a movie that we were gonna do a couple weeks ago, but never got the chance to. So that's what we're gonna be doing today. So the movie is Klaus from Netflix. Klaus. Klaus. Santa Klaus. Yeah, which is a little bit foreshadowing. So we let's just do like a a summary of this one. We don't have to go through it. It's definitely like a little kids show, not like little, little kids, but it's it's a children's show. And let's start off just by going through the names, because that's kind of a big thing. Um, So the main character, his name is Jesper. I looked up his name meaning, and it's actually a Persian name, which means treasure. Uh, so that'll come in later. And then a couple of the names are actually Hebrew. So the next one is Alva, which means brightness or exalted one. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and she is a teacher throughout the show and kind of the love okay. interest of Jesper. Jesper is a, is a postman, and he's a spoiled little brat, basically. Hey, hey. the postman. And then we have Klaus, who is basically santa claus um but we'll kind of go into what's different about him but he's this massive just woodsman who lives in the middle of nowhere and everyone kind of avoids him does he whittle he makes toys yeah he whittles away yeah 
so we'll talk about him in a little bit. <clears throat> and then there are two families in the town that uh, the story takes place, um, which is called Schmierensburg, if you're wondering. So the first family is Crum, and the second family is Ellingbow. So Crum is a Jewish nickname for a German word, which means crooked one. So you can see right away that these people are evil and not very nice. And the other family is Ellingbow, which is Scandinavian, two words, Elling meaning Earl and Bow meaning abode. So it's just the Earl of the abode. That name doesn't really have as much meaning to the story. But these two families, basically, they have a line through the middle of the town <laughs> and you don't interact with the other family. Even if like they're just on the other side of the fence, the only way you interact with them is to beat them up or to prank them or to like say mean things. You have to hate them. And throughout the story, they actually go through like the history of their families. And apparently they've lived there since the Stone Ages, according to their family history. Uh, and it's basically just like, that's what we do. We fight, the, we fight them and we have to hate them kind of thing. And then possibly my favorite character in the entire story you don't find out her name until towards the end because she doesn't speak English at any point. Uh, her name is Mary, we find out. And okay. she's this little girl. She's the only person for the majority of the movie that doesn't wear gray clothing, actually has color. It's like red and blue and white and like all these different colors. Um, and she is some kind of native Scandinavian person. Uh, and that's why she doesn't speak English. Um, but she's really cool and sometimes she'll come up to Jesper and they'll just kind of like talk even though he has no idea what she's saying and she seems to know what he's saying somehow um, and she just like is a really good listener for him so really really cool and then her family comes in later on okay so the whole thing starts what I think is probably like England or Europe or something like that and they are at the Royal Postmaster Training Academy and we find Jesper is basically just the spoiled rich kid he has his own tent at the training field he doesn't do any of the training exercises the rest of the postmasters have to do and he just like messes around all the time um, he's summoned to the grand postmaster who you learn is actually his dad and we find out that he intentionally failed all of his postmaster training exams so that he could just go home and live off of his dad's wealth basically and not have to do uh, anything himself Yep. So that's that's where we start off. Uh, the dad says that he's actually going to disown him unless he well he's going to send him to Schmierensburg, which is this small town way up north, way in the middle of nowhere on an island. But if he doesn't send at least six thousand letters with his unique post stamp on it, uh, then he's going to be disowned. So it's like mind blowing. So he takes this journey up there. Uh, he it's really really gray and colorless. Uh, and then when he gets there, he takes a boat to the island, and the the ferry captain, I guess you would call him, that brings him to the island, he's kind of a prankster this whole time. He's just, like, egging him on to do things that he know will get him in trouble. And so when he gets there, he pulls this bell, and everyone in the town comes out, and they all just start fighting. <laughs> and we notice, like, everything there is gray, it's colorless, there's not much going on, and we find out that there's these two families. So the two that I told you about before, the crumbs and the Ellingbows, and this is all they do literally just back and forth every day. And he's like, this isn't how you treat a postman, especially not me. Cause he's like, got this like entitlement thing. And so they find out he's a postman. They're like, Oh, it's another one. And it's like this game for them where they try and get the postman to run away like as fast as possible kind of thing. Nice. Yes, of course. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we start things off. And he ends up hiding in this building, which appears to be some kind of fish shop. And there's this lady there. She's kind of creepy looking. And uh, her name is Alva. And she eventually find out she's the teacher, right? But because no one sends their kids to school, she had to find a way to get money so that she could leave the island. Uh, and so she became this smelly fish saleswoman. And so this whole time she's just like chopping up fish right in front of him and like flinging guts around and it's super nasty. Uh, and we find out that she's actually saved up a ton of money and is about ready to leave forever and like go move somewhere else. 
So as he's going around, he's trying to convince people to send letters, but most people don't even know how to write because they didn't go to school and they just kind of argue. And as he's walking around looking for letters in their mailboxes, getting super excited and then really disappointed, one of the kids has a drawing and the drawing falls out of his window and lands at Jesper's feet. And so he's like, can you give that back, sir? And Jesper's like, I can't give it to you, but I can mail it to you. Because he's trying to trick the kid into becoming like his first person to send a letter. Right. And in the process, he puts it in an envelope and he ends up getting scared away by the dad. And he keeps the letter or the, the drawing, which is kind of important. So he keeps trying this, he keeps trying this. And eventually he finds on the, the map in the postmaster building, there is another like house on the island that no one really talks about. And he finds out that's where the woodsman lives. And so he's going to go up there. So he does this big, long travel thing, blah, blah, blah. He gets up there. Uh, so he gets up there and he is kind of sneaking around and ends up getting the attention of this absolutely massive guy. And the guy's like carrying around an ax cause he's a woodsman, really scary looking. And, he scares Jesper away, but as Jesper's running, he drops the letter on the ground. And the woodsman kind of just ignores it and keeps walking. But then the wind, which up to this point, it's like twice now, the wind has made some kind of move towards this story happening. Um, the wind blows the letter to the woodsman's feet. He opens it up and he sees a really, really sad kid hiding in his house and just like wanting to be outside or like to do something that's fun you know um and he takes it and you see him kind of think and after that he kind of um cuts off jesper on his way running back to the town and like still scares the crap out of him right of course but he's like where is this building and he says it in like a scary voice and he's like uh, it's down the road uh he's like okay uh, i'll just show you where it is and so they go to this house and klaus makes jesper deliver this package but it won't fit inside of the the mailbox so he has to go inside and he like climbs through the chimney and goes inside the house and delivers this package which the little boy then finds opens it up and realizes it's a toy really excited he like looks around he looks out the window and he sees klaus and then he like blinks and klaus is gone and so he sees this woodsman with a long beard, big guy. Someone came in through the chimney. You can kind of see where this is going. And no. He gets arrested later? He gets arrested. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crossover between the Irishmen. Someone comes in. There's a hit. B&E's. A lot of B&E's. B&E's. And then he walks outside. And Klaus had dropped the drawing that he had sent via letter uh, through the postman, right? And so the next day, he starts telling ki other kids, like his cousins and his friends, that if you send a letter through the postman, the woodsman will give you free toys. And so pretty soon, all the kids are doing it, right? He has like line after line after line of these people trying to come through. Um, yeah, trying to get trying to get free toys. So. He goes to deliver the letters, but Klaus tells him to just like go away. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And then the wind, again, the wind uh, prompts Klaus to change his mind. And so they agree to keep doing this every night. And so the reason I keep pointing out the wind is we've talked about this before, especially on the Frozen 2 episode that we did, uh, Into the Unknown, how sometimes the wind can be a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. And so I saw this kind of a, as a prompting to guide them to the next action essentially yeah. uh anything else so far that you want to point out before i keep cruising through or we can just kind of talk about it at the end yeah let's just keep cruising through okay so they kind of keep doing this over and over and pretty soon the kids start playing with kids from their rival families and they kind of forget that you're supposed to be mean to each other and they're actually being good um and the adults get really mad. And this is where they start talking about tradition. Like, this is how things need to stay. This is mm. this is tradition. We need to be 
we need to despise the other family, right? And they go through the whole history, like I just talked about, and they have these thousands and thousands of years of hating each other and just doing all these mean things to each other. So they keep delivering all these gifts to the kids. And the next day, more kids come. And some of them don't even know how to write. And one of them doesn't know English. That's who we later find out is Mary. This is the first time we are introduced to her. And the kids who don't know how to write, Jesper sends to the school teacher, Alva. And so now, for the first time ever, she has kids who want to learn, but she doesn't want to teach them. So she tries sending them away, but they like won't leave because uh, they really want their free toys. And so she's eventually just like, if I teach you something, will you just leave me alone? And they're like, yeah. And so she tar- starts teaching them, and they're really excited. They want to learn more, and they want to learn more. And she starts to realize that she – like why she started teaching in the first place. She wanted to change lives and everything. Um, meanwhile, Jesper's going around and like telling kids all these stories about this magical woodsman named Klaus and how he like does all these things. He goes through the – uh, chimney and like makes all these magical toys and stuff and there's this bully kid who was making fun of jesper since the very beginning and he is the only kid who jesper does not deliver the toys to instead he finds coal from their n- near their fireplace and puts coal in his stocking <laughs> and so that's where the rumor of if you're bad you're gonna get coal and so this bully comes up and is like what's going on like I wrote a letter. Why don't I get anything? He's like, well, you know, Klaus sees everything. He even sees you when you're sleeping. And if you are bad, he's going to he's gonna know that. He's going to put you on a list. And he's going to check that list multiple times. And so this is where we get, like, all of the, like, stories of who Santa Claus is, right? Yeah. 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 So pretty soon we see that um, kids are leaving out cookies uh yeah, he, he'll, like, only deliver if you're asleep. He's this big dude with a beard, all of those different things. And we also notice that, going back to Alva, she starts taking money out of her own savings that she used to get out of, out of the town to buy supplies for the kids to, to learn. And so we see kind of trending that way. The family leaders come together. So the, like, head of each household come together, and they they want to sabotage everything because they see what's going on because after the kids start playing with the different families it goes beyond that now the adults because the kids are doing nice things now the adults start doing nice things and so they're like one kid uh like used to steal berries from the neighbor and this time they picked the berries for her instead and so because of that she made jam and she brought jam over to nice. their their yeah. house and so because they brought jam then they bring uh like pies and like goods and now pretty soon they're all having a good time they're playing music mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and everyone's mm-hmm. friendly yeah and so it all starts with just that one kid and so as they're delivering that night Klaus and, and Jesper kind of having this conversation and Klaus says something that I think is probably the most central idea of the whole Uh, movie so maybe we can focus in on this he says a true selfless act always sparks another and then jesper follows up and this is um him still being really cynical he's really not that great of a guy yet but you can kind of see he's not just using them entirely anymore for his own good he's starting to have a change of heart but he's still definitely using them to try and get out of there as soon as possible he says I've been around long enough to know everyone is in it for something. Those kids are in it for the toys, the adults. Well, I don't really know what they're in it for, but they're in it for something. And Klaus is like, well, what are you in it for? And he's like, me? No, no, like, I'm, I'm different. Like, I'm an exception. Because he doesn't want to admit that he's just doing this so he can get those 6,000 letters and leave as soon as possible to get back to his rich lifestyle. So the two families come together trying to sabotage, and what happens is they actually – it goes really badly, but they end up breaking the wagon that uh, Klaus and Klaus and Jesper had been using. Oh, I forgot to mention something. Yeah, so right before this, they realize that the, uh, the wagon is too heavy uh, for just the horse, so they catch reindeer yeah. to, to pull their sleigh. Of course. Yeah, and so the sabotage goes poorly. And they knock the wheels off of this this wagon, and now it's a 
sleigh that, that's pulling through the snow. They go off of a ramp into the town, and so the reindeer and the now sleigh are flying through the air, hence magical sleigh and reindeer flying through the air, pulling the sleigh. That's where you get the that legend from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when when Klaus hears the rumors that the kids are saying about him, he starts laughing, and pretty soon you find out that his laugh is a ho, ho, ho. Uh, and so that's where you get that from. And then Mary, we still don't know her name technically, uh, comes and talks to Jesper again, but he's worried because they're running out of toys, and it's almost Christmas. Because we find out that Klaus had made all these toys a long time ago, but he doesn't do it anymore. And he refuses to go back and make more. And we don't know why. Jesper get, gets this idea when he starts talking about Christmas. And he doesn't really explain what it is yet. But we later find out that he wants to start delivering once a year on Christmas to these kids. And make it this special holiday. And then everything in between, they work together to build more toys, basically. So exactly like what we know as Santa Claus's story, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the family leaders come together. And they decide that everything's being ruined, so they need to work together. And so we have this ironic, uh, we need to work together to make peace so that we can stop them from working together and making peace. Uh, And it's kind of this ironic, it doesn't really make sense. So the leaders come together because everyone else has basically abandoned them. Klaus comes home, Jesper's built an entire workshop, and we find out that as he's revealing this workshop, there's something that was hidden in the workshop all along where we find out Klaus had a wife and there's like a statue of him and his wife. And then right next to it, there's spaces for statues for kids. And so from this, we assume that he wanted kids. He wanted a family, but didn't actually have the chance to have that. And later we find out that's true. That's exactly what happened. But Klaus doesn't want to talk about it. So he kicks Jesper out and they don't talk. That little girl, Mary, uh, is there again when Jesper comes home. And he keeps explaining his problems to her. And he talks about how he's so rich back home and everyone, like, he has everything he ever needs. But here, he's just an irrelevant nobody. And we find out that it's very much the opposite. And Jesper, in this moment, takes Mary to Alva. And they stay up all night teaching her how to write a letter and how to speak English a little bit at least enough where she can write her own letter to Klaus and then Klaus. Oh, sorry. Then Jesper takes the letter and actually goes to build the toy himself because Klaus refused to build toys anymore. And he fails, he falls asleep and there's like just absolutely nothing made. And Klaus comes in, sees what's going on, realizes that Jesper is actually doing like a really good thing and wants to be a part of it again, even though uh, he's been hurt before. Um, and so he helps her build a toy, they deliver it, and it's the sled that she rides around. We actually, this is the first time we're introduced to her family. We find out Klaus had a wife. They were not able to have kids, but during the time while they were waiting to, ha- like, trying to have kids, he built toys in anticipation, like, waiting for them to come. And so that's why he had a workshop full of toys. But then his wife got sick and died really quickly, and that's, uh, the wind is how Klaus thinks she speaks to him, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so at this point, Klaus, is he's all in. He's ready to go with the whole Christmas idea, and he starts talking about next year and the year after that, and um, Jesper starts to get really worried because he still thinks he's going to leave in like a week at this point. He's, he hasn't told anyone that he's going to be gone, um, but they're making all these plans for next year. And he's talking to Alva later that night or the next day, and Alva says, someone would have to be pretty stupid to leave this place now, wouldn't you think? You have no idea what you have done here, do you? And she starts showing them around, and all of a sudden you see, like, the entire town is working together. There's Christmas decorations, there's singing songs and everything. Uh, and he's like, she's like, this is all because of you and what, what you've done. And so this idea that he is just an irrelevant nobody because he doesn't have money is right. completely, like, gone. And then we see Mary's family, who we're just introduced to, comes to the workshop and they help make things. And this is where we get the idea of elves because they're all colorful. They don't really speak (laughs) English and everything. Um, And they make these statues of all of themselves, including Jesper and Alva. Alva was introduced to the the building, to the workshop. Mm -hmm. And 
they basically tell Klaus, like, you do have a family. Like, it, it's us. And they make Klaus an outfit, which is all red and white, to match the the natives, like Mary and her family. And it's your red Santa Claus outfit. And so the family leaders come up with one plan, uh, one more plan. They write 14,000 letters, which is way more than he had to write. And they send him straight to his dad and say, like, all right, your son did it. Come pick him up. And his dad shows up and tries to take him home. And in the process, everyone finds out what Jesper was doing, how he was tricking the entire town and just using them. And Klaus is like, everybody's out to get something, right? And they all just turn and walk away. Um, as they're getting on the ship to leave, Mary runs the whole way, all the way to the ship. And she like starts crying and is like, please don't go. Turns out Jesper decided to stay. And he told his dad everything. Um, and his dad's like, I've never been more proud of you than I am right now. And so we see this complete flip-flop of where he only wanted to serve himself, and now he only wants to serve others. Um, and so he stays. He goes back to rescue everyone, but he is kind of too late and uh, rescue the toys or whatever. And the toys start going down on the sled down this hill, uh, unattached to the reindeer, and they're about to go off a cliff. Meanwhile, both families are kind of attacking them and trying to sabotage them. And in the process some of the families actually family members actually start to like each other on the other side of the um and so it's this whole idea like we talked about before one small act starts a chain of of good things happening uh and then jesper saves it just in time before it falls over the, over the edge and the family leader from the crumb side pushes them off anyways and all the toys are gone but then after the families leave, we find out that was those were the fake toys. Mm. Uh, it was it was just blocks of wood because the children were talking in school about what their parents were going to do. Alva found out, told Klaus, and so they rigged up this fake sleigh full of fake toys, and the real toys were completely safe. So they delivered everything. Happy day. Everything's good. And during this whole chase scene, Jesper and Klaus are both on the sleigh. And Jesper's trying to do the right thing, but Klaus doesn't want to help him because he's obviously hurt. And he says, I could really use some help right now. And Klaus is like, use. Hmm. What an interesting choice of words. Um, and this is this is basically it. So after they deliver everything, it's exactly how you would imagine it. Like everything's perfect. Every year they keep doing the same thing. Alva and Jesper get married. Eventually they have kids. This operation, as they call it, expands all over the world because different kids course, are hearing yeah. about it and it gets bigger and bigger. Pretty soon they're delivering to everywhere around the world. Thus, um, Christmas is born. Yeah, exactly. And then after 12 years of this, Klaus gets really old. The wind starts calling him and he says, I'm coming home, love. And then he disappears and it's his his dying. My prediction was that Jesper and Alva became the next Santa Claus, but they don't actually show that. But that's basically the end of it. Like, there's a little bit of synopsis at the end, but that's that's generally it. So, with that, what do you think? What are some themes that stand out? Well, I think we should start with tradition. Yeah. Because coming into the town, not the movie, coming into the town of Smorgensborg. Close enough. Yeah, their tradition is feud and hating each other and fighting almost to a point where it's I, I guess they enjoy it. I don't know. But now that when you see the change with the kids, you kind of realize like, OK, it's, you know, especially because they've been fighting since like the Stone Ages, like it's almost like they don't know anything else. Mm hmm. Uh, this is a conversation me and Lizzie actually had recently. We we're talking about like sin and like the gravity of sin and like, you know, what are we held accountable for in the sense of if someone like is born into a tradition of not knowing God and not knowing these things, at what level is there still, you know, something on, on his soul? At what level is it, is it still like this culpability? Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's a difficult conversation to have, but like that's, 
what I see with this and the idea of just hatred and fighting and picking sides because they're almost like at this point they've all been born into it. That's what they've been raised and they don't know anything else. Yeah, and I feel like this is going to be a touchy subject for some people. So let me hear me out before people start yelling at the at your phone or whatever you listen to us on. Not all tradition is good. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was, immediately people are going to hear this and be like, oh, he's saying like tradition in the church is bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. Like, that's just listen. OK, but like tradition is going to be different for everyone. Right. So you can have like these people, their tradition was to beat the crap out of each other. Like, that's not a good tradition. Like, we, we know that is morally wrong. Right. Tradition literally just means something that you've done for a long period of time. Yeah, that's it. Right. And so we talk about on this show a lot about how you need to be moving forward uh, in your spiritual life. And so sometimes when you're only looking at what is tradition and not like what needs to be done, you're not able to grow and you're stuck in this spiritual rut. Um, And so not all tradition is good, but also not all tradition is bad. Like, and so we need to be constantly discerning and looking at like, what is good? Um, There's a scripture passage that I'm blanking on uh, about that. Yep. Can't remember it. So (laughs) cut that out. Um, No, I was trying to, I was trying to look up while you were talking, like, if there was a word for or like an article about like tradition without purpose or without meaning um because like i was you know and this is a good way to to kind of discern tradition is like you know sometimes there's like unique traditions to your family alone in the sense like every year at this time you know for our christmas we always do this and it could just be like a routine but that routine becomes tradition of like, okay, Christmas Day is always this, and then this, and then this. And if we skip this, you know, maybe I don't care anymore because I've grown out of it. But my brother or my sister, boy, do they want to always make sure that happens, even though we're all in our 20s or 30s. That's tradition. Yeah, or uh, maybe something that's kind of tied in with you right now, but something that's been really frustrating me lately is like traditions of weddings. Yeah. Dude, like some of them, some of them are great. But some of the things like you have to put this person in the wedding and they have to do this role. And like, no, like I haven't talked to that person in 20 years. Like, why should they be in my wedding kind of thing? You know, um, like there's all these traditions of like you have to do this. And it's the only right. reason we, we do that is because that's the way it's been done for however long, you know, and not all traditions need. I'm trying to think of like a good way to phrase it. Maybe like tradition without a moral center you know what i'm saying like if yeah well as I say, like there's the something fa- that's missing with the family one like i was just thinking like if you if you desire that tradition not because it's like we do this every year we have to do it but because it's like i really love what this creates like when, when we do this yeah. this part of the tradition really makes us all like just focus on each other and we're laughing and like for example whenever the lights went out in my house like the power went out which is a big thing in georgia it's uh it just power lines go out all the time we would just light candles and play board games mm. like that was just a thing we did and it was almost to the point where it's like not having power was better for us than having power right yeah yeah um and it's not really a tradition, but it kind it kind of is to a point yeah. where it's like, okay, guys, I guess we're playing categories. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> and there was something beautiful about that. So I think that kind of like, and so for example, with wedding traditions, if it's like when you think about the purpose of like why you're doing it, rather than saying because I have to, but because like because this and this and this, and it's like, well, that's beautiful. Yeah, that makes sense. And so an example, this movie the tradition of fighting cultivates no purpose right. rather than that they get to fight or that they get to hate somebody, I guess. Yeah. It's just what they, what they do, but on the contrary, what they are doing and that's happening all around the town is bringing a lot of joy and a lot of good. Right. Exactly. And so you see, you see the fruits of your, of your labor and of your discernment. Uh, I wouldn't say they really discerned this, but like if you discern like oh, this tradition, I think your phone was, yeah. But yeah, if, 
if you discern something and like you actually think about is this tradition like you're saying is this something that's fruitful and going to bring us joy and and like something good you see the fruits of that like that comes whereas if it's something you're just doing because you're doing it the only thing that comes from that is usually resentment and frustration and anger and it's it's never anything that's good yeah and and that's why i think when the good thing starts happening just like that one line like one little spark of kindness spreads spreads so quickly in this town because it's just something they're not doing they've never been told to do and when they do it they realize like hey this is this is awesome or like hey you are really like now that we both have toys we can like play it's not that we have toys which is funny that the people think taking the toys away would ruin it it's just that now that we both have toys i want to share this toy with you i want to play with you and it just that just spreads and it made me think of um have you seen the movie pay it forward yeah it makes it makes, makes me think of like that ideology which in in the scope of the movie it's a little tunnel vision but it's also like a really good thing where he like draws i remember at like a school and he's like explaining the, the the idea he draws like a stick figure and then he's like if and when someone does a nice thing to you we always we have this desire to like we give something back. We're like, okay, now that you've given me a gift, I've given something back. And it's actually harder for us to receive without giving something back. Like that's actually scriptural. Like invite the people over who can't return anything to you. Don't invite right. the people so you get stuff back. Instead of giving back, take what you just received and give it to three three other people. Mm-hmm. And then those three people give it to three other people. And so you quickly went from one to three to nine to twenty seven and this thing is just multiplied and it's it's growing yeah and what i want to point out is in that phrase it says a true selfless act always sparks another right and so when we look at a selfless act the very definition of agape love is a selfless act for the good of another just because they they're worthy of something that is good right so we're talking about agape love here which is the love that in scripture like it says that god has for us and the way that he sacrifices himself for us and so when we see that sacrificial act of love for someone else we can't help but want to share that as well and it it doesn't have to be like like you said um sometimes we want to pay it forward just because it feels like okay i wasn't really i didn't deserve that and so i need to do something good to to deserve it and that's not what it's about it's really just about like when you experience love especially the love of christ it overflows from you so much that you want to, you desire to share that with others. So it's not out of obligation, but out of a desire to love. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the one example you, you gave about the kid who stole the berries, like you would always steal the berries, maybe to make the lady mad, but also because he wanted those. Like he's like, I want to eat these. And then the one time when he decided to like pick the berries to give to her, he got nothing out of that. Like he wasn't expecting to get jam. He was just like, no, like I want to pick these for her so she can have them. And then I'm going to leave and I get nothing. Yeah. And that was completely selfless. That was really with her and in the forefront of her mind. And then same with her. She was like, Oh, like I could use these. I am like maybe elderly and I should, I can't pick them. And I finally got these, but instead I'm going to, create jam and give it to other people and then i have nothing it's like that idea yeah yeah for sure uh one thing i wanted to point out is going along with this idea of kind of that pay it forward phrase uh there's a song in this movie for the sake of time we're not going to go through it just because uh this episode is getting kind of long but i encourage you the song's called invisible by zara larson Mm-hmm. So if you look that up, just go through the lyrics, listen to the song. And it's it's really about like how the things that we desire most in this life and just in general are the things that are invisible. And those are the things that have the greatest impact on our lives and the way that we love each other, things like that, um, kindness, all, all that jazz. So check out the song. It's, it's really short. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Make that probably one of the challenges to uh, yeah. get back we, to us with what you Christ and culture out of that song. For sure. Let's do that. That's that's challenge number one. Go ahead. I had one more thing there real quick. Yeah. I don't know if you said this quote, but there's one quote when the families decide to start working together. 
mm-hmm. um, to put an end to all this. And they say, like, they're kind of confused because they're like, we need to work together. And they're like, so we need to work together in peace with each other in order to put an end to this peace, peace. in the town. And right. like, they're confused. But I think something about that's really powerful because so far they haven't working together. And they just finally realize, like, that can't work. Like, when you try to be at against everyone, like, nothing will get done. And it's, like, almost impossible right. to live. Yeah. Yeah. We're made for community. We need people. Yeah. Right? This, we, we it need to work forces together. them to work together, even though they're working together to the wrong ends of, of a means. But still, they have to work together even in that in that part. Yeah, and you notice that in the town, too. Like, the town itself, when he first gets there, is just run down, destroyed. Like, it's just a trashy town. But as they start working together and doing acts of charity and, and love for one another, they rebuild the town. And it's actually really, really beautiful. Um, and that's kind of the result or the fruit, like I said, of doing that that thing. Yeah. The last thing that I wanted to point out, it can be a really quick one, is when they talk about use at the end, when they're on the, the sleigh, and I think that's a really, really big one. Uh, John Paul II said that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is use. Um, and that's actually essentially the definition of lust, right? Lust is uh, using someone for your own pleasure. Whereas we, we just said love, at least in the agape sense, is to selflessly give to another just because they are worth it. Um, and so we kind of have the opposite there. And so when we're using someone, even if, even if we're doing something good with them or we're giving some, something to them in exchange, but we're only doing that to get something out of them, kind of like the letters or I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's ma- the main thing I can think of. But like how he was using the letters to get out of there so he can have something for himself. That that's evil <laughs> you know that's that's one of the greatest sins that we have because we're using that other person not as a person uh we're seeing them as an object for our own uh advancement i guess yeah or pleasure depending on how you look at it uh, i was hoping to go into a bunch of stuff about santa claus in this but we're talking too long so uh do but you have do. yeah do you have any challenges other than that first one i got um, a re- really easy one what was the really easy one? Pay it forward? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do something do something of kindness, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to uh, be big. It can be really simple, like picking berries for someone. Okay. No, yeah, that's good. So one would be listening to the Invisible Song by Zero Larson or whatever. And uh, Christ and Culturing It, sending us like one lyric. And you're like, this is what, I, this is what that, I see this. Um We'll give you a shout out if you do so. Uh, paying it forward, just doing something nice this week for someone, especially in this season of Christmas um, that we are in. Um, one I thought about was it took, I forget his name. Who's the main character's name? Jesper. It Jesper. took Jesper to be stripped of like his wealth and his identity almost and like everything that he materially had in order to like start doing something good even though it was kind of for selfish motive at first so like what kind of maybe meditate this week too or you know next coming sunday think while you're in mass just what are things that you've kind of think that you're holding on to that if you just let go you might be able to pay it forward easier or or give a little a little more to other people rather than yourself that's yeah. it. Cool. Shout outs. Um, Lizzie's family mostly. I mean, it's how she has been spending a lot of time with. They took me in for Christmas here. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Uh, shout out to my brothers for coming together and surprising me with that uh, Switch and Pokemon. So, shout out to all of them. Uh, and then also, I got together with a young adult group up here this last week i think it was um and they are doing awesome so shout out to the uh arise young adult group in dubuque uh especially uh sarah tony and actually tony when i met him again this year he didn't remember my name he just knew me as podcast guy so that was kind (laughs) of cool um 
my friend Blake, who's been giving a lot of cool feedback on the show as well. Michelle, Aaron, Chris, Caitlin, Daniel, and Caitlin. So shout out to all you guys. Thank you for hanging out with me. And uh, a bunch of them were interested in the show who hadn't already started listening. So Nice. Cool yeah. Well, then in that case, you guys know where to find us unless you're brand new and if that's the case we, we have a website where most everything is at that is the uh we have social media facebook the christing culture twitter at on the adventure two um and we also have a patreon if you like what we're doing and you want to get bonus content uh if you listen to the last episode you notice it was a part one there is a part two uh, we have we've been doing you know a few extra pretty full length episodes now for for our patrons, um, so that is Patreon forward slash the Christ and Culture or Patreon.com um, and all that's in the in the notes below. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us. If you want to suggest a topic, uh, please do that as well. And just rate us if if you like what we're doing or don't like what we're doing. We need that feedback so we can make this better for you. With that. We'll see you guys next week and have a Merry Christmas season and Happy New Year. Thanks.